Hey, welcome to episode 55. Yes, it's my Sammy Hagar episode of Scar Bears. I'm Chris DT Gordon. It is great to have you here with me today. And as you notice, I'm not wearing a sweater. Um, you know, it's a little warmer now. I'm actually wearing a nice shirt. This is my Pass on Perfection and Go for Greatness shirt. You can find this and other items at Chris DT Gordon's Tag and Pop store shop. Uh, tag means the attitude of gratitude and pop means pass on perfection and go for greatness. You can find that my podcast channel, my YouTube channel, my speaking websites and other such things at linktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. And before I forget, Nate and Britton Barron, thanks as always for your post-production magic. If you want to reach out to them so they can do their work on your creative projects, reach out to them at Nate Barron. Well, today I am joined by a fellow scar bearer. Sometimes we talk with people who have mental and or emotional scars, but she, and she has those as well. But she definitely uh, has a kindred spirit within me. You know, with me, we okay, we're like in the way that we have physical scars. Wow, words, sometimes they come out of my mouth correctly. I am joined by Lisa Kastner. Lisa, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me, Chris. So, oh, so fun to be here. My absolute pleasure. I'm looking forward to talking with you. And so, as I said in, in the much fumbled intro, that we share a similarity physically because we are scarred I obviously, my audience knows I am scarred in the upper half of my body and some of my lower half, but please tell us a story about how you have uh, struggled and come to accept yourself in your beautiful imperfection. <laughs> um, well, when I was nine years old, I had peritonitis, which is basically that's when your appendix bursts and um so my, my father rushed me to the hospital. And when uh, I got to the hospital, they immediately took me into the ER. Uh, I was uh, operated on by four doctors. Um, I, their, uh, I think their initials, uh, their last name spelled CAPS, C-A-P-S. Okay. Uh, one of those like, you know, bizarre things that when you're a kid, you come up with, uh, you know, cause it's just like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And my, my, my mind off the trauma that I'm experiencing right now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, I get on the operating table and they uh, they think they put me under. It turned out that they didn't completely. I actually woke up during the Ooh. surgery. Yeah, so that's fun. Um, I actually I actually do remember the operating room a little bit. And I remember someone going, oh, my God, she's awake. And like just, you know, then knocking me back out. Ooh. And then I literally died on the operating table. Um, I think it. Uh, I think 15 minutes is you're totally dead. Uh, I never hit brain dead. So, which, you know, obviously, or otherwise I wouldn't be here. Uh, so then they resuscitated me. And then I think about a week later, I woke up in the hospital. Uh, they had to open me up from like right below your rib cage to right above the pubic line. And I basically spent the summer in the hospital um, they ended up having to do a follow-up surgery. It turned out they didn't get all of the infection. Uh, they found, uh, when they went back, they found an infection of like the size of a small grapefruit. Um, oh. 
Yeah, so they had to take that out. Where was then, now? Where was that? At? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but no, no. Where, where, where uh, was that at in your body? Somewhere in my abdomen. Uh, so, like in the this general area, okay. and um, so it they, just started just to like above your navel. Just yeah, like okay. just above my navel. So they when they basically flayed me in essence because so the scarring uh, the way I keloid my skin naturally keloids. Mm -hmm. and what so is that? I'm sorry. Keloid is when you scar and it's really really thick. Okay. So I don't um, you know like if I get a little scar or if I get a a, a, a cut oftentimes it'll scar uh, no matter no matter like the severity of it. Um, but so since this was, I mean, they basically played me, um, I think the combination of the, the surgery and the keloid, it ended up being indented. So if I was like laying down, uh, this, it would look like this. Okay. Like, so kind of like a, a part of my language, but a ditch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that's okay. right. Like a ditch. And the scar itself was about that thick um so about an and, inch thick and then yeah and then about that in length okay, so, so about, that, looks, that looks like about foot and a half maybe foot and a quarter yeah yeah it okay. my whole abdomen basically okay so, so at least at least close to a foot all right yeah um actually probably more than a foot uh so let me think about this from here to here so just above your, uh, just below your sternum, to yep. you said your, your, about your, where your genes hit? Yeah, well, just above uh, my pubic line, yeah. Okay. Um, so it ended up being, um, it took about a summer for it to, to heal. Mm -hmm. And growing up, so, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before. Uh, I mean, the scarring was so severe and I had a lot of other scars associated with it, you know, like a drainage um, scarring and mm -hmm. so on. Um, the kids were pretty brutal. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. I mean, kind of understandably, because it's it's so odd uh, to, to see something like that. Uh, but it started with, um, so to your psychological uh, comment, like psychological scarring, when I went back to school, some kids spread a rumor that um, I had been in the hospital over the summer, which was true, uh, but that I was contagious. Oh. So parents had uh, gone to their kids and said, made a moratorium. They didn't want anybody near me. Oh, geez. So you know how kids you get in line two by two? Mm -hmm. Well, no, no kid in my class was allowed to actually uh, be my partner did the teachers and do anything to fight as, this or to, to resolve this yeah as soon as the teachers realized it took a couple days uh, as soon as the teachers realized what was going on they sent a note home to all the parents letting them know that yes I had been in the hospital but I was not contagious mm -hmm. uh and that you know it was absolutely fine for the kids to to be near me and and play with me um and then they also had a like a, a, a group, like a like a, the equivalent of a town hall for the kids in, in the class to uh, to be told, you know, that I wasn't contagious and so on. Wow. Um, 
So that was a, a tough, I don't remember what grade that is. What grade is that when you're like nine going on 10? That, that's usually fourth grade, uh, generally. Uh, yeah, that sounds know. right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so fourth grade was a little crappy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I went on to pretty much my entire schooling, you know, middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, I, I learned pretty fast a, uh, to change in the bathroom, right? Because if anyone saw the scarring, it just immediately set off a whole bunch of anything from, you know, mockery to isolation to in some cases fights, like some kids, I, they just, um, I think they just thought I was some kind of freak. So it would, they'd initiate a fight, which to this day doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, it, almost, it reminds me of something of like something like an episode of the X-Men cartoon. Mm. Someone was, who was so misguided and uh, in, intellectually or emotionally just feel, just feels threatened by your, you know, your horrible stomach mutation question mark. I, I don't I know. Guess, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I was also a, an Uber nerd. So maybe the combination of me being, you know, in like the nerd class and having this like physical variation, I guess, you know, set some kids off. So again, uh, as we said before, some people have struggles we don't see. Exactly. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I, you know, I learned not like I couldn't wear my clothes tucked in because, uh, when I was younger, um, it was so indented, like you could see the indentation, uh, in my, through the jeans. Cause the jeans kind of fit like that, like where the zipper is, if yeah, that makes sense. Indented and kind of tucked in. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, so I, I knew I couldn't wear, you know, my, t-shirts tucked in. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned to, to like live around it, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So when I was, um, 17, I think uh, my mom had amazing insurance, but her job was about to end. And it was like, okay, let's, uh, let's see if we could possibly have the scarring removed. So there was literally one, only one plastic surgeon listed in, uh, in her medical insurance. And when we went to see him, he was like, okay, like, you know, he took a ton of pictures and all this. And he literally wrote a 10 page letter to the insurance company advocating for them to cover it. Cause wow. he'd never seen scarring so bad. Uh, where are you at? I'm sorry. I never asked. Oh yeah. Uh, I, at the time I lived in New Jersey. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so in all of New Jersey, which is on the East coast and part of the, uh, Boswash megalopolis, there's only one plastic surgeon who would see you. Exactly. Wow. And by some miracle, uh, the health insurance, the combination of his letter and all the pictures agreed to cover it. Hmm which was like a miracle because it, it would, it's considered, um, it's considered like superficial surgery. Cause yes. what he did was, um, 
you know, the surgery, if a woman has, um, has a child that she has to have a, a cesarean yep. and then to have that cesarean, uh, removed, it was that, it was that surgery Okay. that he, he, he leveraged and normally that wouldn't be covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so yep, they agreed. And at the age of, uh, I think I, when I actually had the surgery, I think I was actually, I was 17 going on 18. Okay. And, um, it was like the first time in my life that I felt like, oh my, you know, like almost normal, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, which was amazing. Now I still do have scars and they're still keloid, you know, they're still thicker than normal, but mm-hmm. now they're along the, like the pubic line. Okay. Um, and I have a little bit of the original scar left because it was so uh, long. It was so big. He couldn't remove all of it, but he could remove the majority of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. It's yeah. I'm sure the first, you know, the first time you went out of the hospital and you put on jeans, you, did you try tucking them in, tucking them in to see what would happen? I was like, holy crap. Like it was just, it was, uh, amazing to me now, mind you, um, to the point about emotional scarring. I mean, because I'd been so ostracized from like, you know, nine to 17 because of the physical chain, you know, scarring. Um, I just always thought, well, obviously I'm like, I'm a freak. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hideously ugly. And it took years and years and years to get over that. Um, where I, I would say even today, there are times when I know I'm still affected by that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but the good thing about all this is it forced me to self-accept. So even if, cause it, it's one of those things, like I couldn't change it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned how to just, and I knew I wasn't a bad person. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, okay, so let me, figure out like, you know, what, how, how do I, well, not how do I, but I, I, I just learned how to self-accept and I learned how to, um, you know, if you, if you want to be my friend and you like me for me, great. And if you don't, okay. You know? Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> like, such an, such an important coping skill mm. that you develop there. And I wish other, you know, this is why I wish we had a stronger, push towards mental health in our oh country yeah because no one is perfect there's not one person on even this planet who can say i'm above everyone else we all have our issues we all have our our stigmas our traumas and being able to uh being able to accept that mental health is health and sometimes mm-hmm. we need assistance in that arena i think we would be much better off we'd be much, we'd be much better people, you know, I mean, oh. if we, had, we had mental health education when you were growing up, I bet you wouldn't have to had, you know, have had all those emotional trauma, you know, scars with you. Well, I mean, it, it's interesting. Cause I think there's so many cases where we're so heavily impacted, not just by our immediate society, you know, like the people around us, but, you know, by TV and by film and, by what we think is, is like perfect, right? And there is no such thing to your point as perfection, mm-hmm. that it's such a blessing when you have people in your life who will, who know that and understand that, right? 
and reinforce that, you know, you are fantastic, right? And, and, and help you with to have a, a positive mental health, a positive um, outlook, because otherwise it can be absolutely painful. It can be terrifying, um, you know, growing up uh, for the smallest imperfection. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I'm smiling not because of the story, but I'm smiling because you are an embodiment of one of my signature talks, Pass and Perfection and Go for Greatness. And you are doing that. And I absolutely love that you are living that credo, you know, in your life. And and so uh and and so again, I wish you didn't have to go through that, but it, I, I feel and maybe you can uh agree with me on this. Uh, Lisa, that it makes us so much stronger going forward in our other issues that we just, you know, we, like you said, we, we fall, not fall upon, but we lean on that strength we had to develop to help us through our other issues later in life. Oh, I, well, at first, thank you. I, uh, that's a huge compliment. I really uh, thank you for that. Um, And a hundred percent. I mean, I am actually thankful for that time because it taught me a lesson at a very young age that, you know, focus on those things that you can control and not the things that you can't. And if you know that what you're doing is, you know, the right thing, or you're doing it for for the right reasons or for good reasons, then F them, you know, like that's, you know, as, as long as what your focus is on is, is your focus is, for something positive, then what other people say or do or think, that's fine. They can have that, you know. Uh, you can't be ice cream. You can't please everyone. That's right. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the, especially the more visible you are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the more people who are aware of who you are and, and what you do, um, there's always going to be somebody, you know, like I, so I have like a weekly, um, live podcast or not podcast, but a live stream. It's on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. It streams live uh, on all forums at Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And I have people who will like, you know, it's, it's interactive. So folks can go ahead and, you know, ask questions in the comments. And then myself and one of my editors, oh, I run a publishing house. Um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we respond to these questions, right? And some of the questions are goofy as fill in the expletive. Yeah. You know, I mean, people come on and you can tell they just kind of happened upon it on like say Twitter or on YouTube. And they just decided they're, they're going to ask, you know, really silly, silly stuff. And, you know, some people even uh, like, cause it's uh, recorded. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are people who will check it out later in the week or months later and, they'll make comments like, well, why are you on my stream? Or like, who are you? And how dare you, you know, be on my Twitter account? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't, you absolutely cannot please everybody. Yes. And and I think that's another huge point that we are on this planet to make it a positive impact. And it's not up to us to decide who accepts that message. That's right. That's all right. We can, all we can do is our best. That's right. Absolutely. So, so after your uh, re- reconstructive surgery, what, where did you go next? 
I mean, I was just like your regular kid. So I went, um, I graduated high school. I went to college for a little bit and then I ended up uh, dropping out. I went to Temple University at a time when they went through a massive strike. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all classes were canceled. So I decided to go and work full time. And uh, there came a point when I was working full time that I was like, uh, I want to do more than what I'm doing. And when I went to look at jobs that in the, for the company I was working for that uh, I was interested in, it turned out like every single one uh, required a degree. Mm. So uh, I went back to my dad and I just said, can I move back in? Cause he had always said, if you want to go back to school, you, you can you know move back in. Cause we didn't have any money. Uh, I grew up uh, in Camden, New Jersey, which at the time was one of the most dangerous cities in America. Oh wow! And, and we had like no money. Um, so my dad's like, yep, come on back, uh, move back in. And I basically, uh, juggled going to school and working full time, uh, three quarters to full time. Uh, and I decided that I would get my undergraduate and then my, uh, I got an MBA and I also got an MFA in, in creative writing because oh, wow. I figured I didn't want anybody to ever say to me again, oh, you don't have you know, a degree or you don't have X, then, then you're out, you know, you're out of the running. You're not even going to be considered. Um, yeah. And so, and now I am, uh, actually, so I run running wild press, which is an independent publisher. You can look us up on runningwildpress.com. We publish, uh, great stories with great writing that don't fit neatly in a box. Okay. And we also have an imprint called Rise. And Rise, we publish great genre stories written by people of color and other underrepresented groups. Um, we've had books named Best of 2019, Best of 2020. Um, we've gotten in, you know, several other books of acclaim. Um, we actually just this month, we're publishing a memoir, Something is Better Than Nothing by Alicia Delory. And it's about, it's her experience of her husband going into the military. Um, he comes back with PTSD. So it's their um, struggle with his mm -hmm. PTSD. And then uh, around the same time, her father, who had been an alcoholic, passes away. And it's about her dealing with that as well. Um, so it's actually named um, a, a book of the month by BookBub. So definitely check it out. Um, it's a great, it's a great, great story. So it, it sounds like it. And so how has your previous experience, you know, in middle school and high school, or elementary school, how, how does that affect you today? I know it doesn't physically, of course, but like when, as a publisher, as owner of a publishing company, how do those tools affect you, you know, even say tomorrow when, when you go back to work as if this is a Sunday we're recording this? Uh, um, you know, that's a great question. I think a lot of it goes back to, well, one, I, I read voraciously, uh, you know, so I was one of those kids that, you know, I would, I, I read, read uh, everything, uh, everything was assigned. Um, I read every genre you can think of. I read all kinds of books. So, uh, and a lot of that, in all honesty, you know, cause that I had was isolated to a certain extent, you know, I had a couple of very, very close friends, but, mm. um, I, I was not, you know, out and about 
like most uh, a lot of other kids were um so that's definitely set it up so that i was i'm much more knowledgeable i guess you could say around story and the development of story and like what makes a great story um versus if i never had that experience mm -hmm. and i think too um i really uh I, I had to learn how to kind of go with my gut a lot. And, you know, uh, we started the, pro the press because um, I've been in publishing for like 20 years. I've been writing. Uh, my father had uh, worked in journalism to a certain extent. So I grew up writing, uh, you know, more like journalism style copy. Uh, and because of that, uh, you know, I'd always, I've, I've known a lot of people in the writing world and, um, there came a point where, uh, I knew all these amazing, amazing writers and I would, I'm like, oh my God, the story's fantastic. You got to send it out. And then I check in with them six months, a year later, and they come back and they're like, uh, I couldn't get it published. And I was shocked. I'm like, what the hell? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. This is a great story. People would love this. And it, I found that thematically, um, every time this happened, when I asked, well, what was the feedback you got from the publication? It was typically like, well, this isn't quite fit what we publish, or um, this isn't quite like what we uh, have in our catalog, or, you know, with all the other stories that we're publishing in the magazine this month, this is, isn't quite in the same space. And I thought, well, that's stupid. Like, it doesn't make any sense. People would love these. So my then boyfriend, now husband, was like, uh, literally on our first date, he was like, well, why don't you just start your own press? And at the time I was like, for real? <laughs> uh, my, and he, uh, my husband, uh, for context, is a musician and a producer. And he started off in like the indie space. So to him, this was like a no-brainer, right? Like, well, if, if obviously there's a gap, then you fill it, you know? So fast forward like three years and we did, we started the press and it's, the rest is history. Now, so, when did you start publishing? Uh, 2016, so this is our fifth year. Oh, wow, okay, mm -hmm. great. And so yeah. uh, what, what are some, uh, of your best sellers so we can uh, maybe check them out and uh, so, we want to check out all the books but you know if you were to google something what would be something we would find from uh, running wild press so uh one bestseller um is by taylor grant it was an amazon bestseller which of course means it's gonna like the title's gonna go right out of my head <laughs> um one of the best of 2019s was dark corners by ruben tehe hazlett and uh, then which was a, a fantastic short story collection. Um, another best of 2019 was Suzanne Sample's uh, Frontal Matter Blue Gone Wild. It's about her experiences with brain cancer, believe it or not, uh, which sounds like horrific, but it's actually incredibly funny. Um, she has a really great dark sense of humor. And um, another one is, um, uh Dwight Wilson if you look up Dwight L Wilson so he's we're about to publish his third uh short story collection called the Ray Remembered uh two previous ones 
were um uh the kidnapped well yeah so start with the kidnapped and that's actually it's a historic fiction um there are short stories that are linked um and they're all based on um his uh his heritage yep and i see that uh, i see the resistors is another one yep, exactly and it's got some uh modern psalms looks like a yep. couple of different uh uh, anthologies of those right yep wow. yeah dwight dwight is a uh a pastor in um the quaker faith okay. so he yeah so that he's uh he self-published the psalms um and then taylor grants uh the one that that was then amazon bestseller and dwight's had been also amazon bestsellers um uh the many deaths of cole parker that is a a lot it's like dark fiction okay and it's absolutely phenomenal i would definitely check that out many deaths of cole parker i'm looking it up right now and that's yep taylor's on there your, your name's on there's a publisher oh i love the i love the cover yeah but uh i i've been uh this kind of dates this episode but i just finished watching wandavision oh no way yes what do you think you know, for the most part, it was fantastic. Uh, and I, I think some of the, I tried not to fall into the trap of uh, fan speculation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it. Um, but I thought it was well done. The acting was phenomenal. Elizabeth Olsen needs to get an Emmy nod. I mean, she just knocked it out of the park. And Paul Bettany, wow. He gave, he gave Vision so much depth mm. that we didn't see in the movies um but no I, I just i just think that this cover reminds me of it because the first two episodes of course are in black and white and then <laughs> once in a while you'll see a flash of red that's very oh. indicative mm -hmm. and so seeing this cover reminds me of that oh cool oh awesome yes. yes i will have to check it out Yes, yes, please do it. I mean, I, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan or not. I'm not sure if you can tell uh, by my poster up there of the Ninja Turtles and Deadpool. I'm uh, a little uh, bit. And usually uh, I would be wearing a, if it were colder, I'd be wearing a Marvel themed sweater, which is my usual garb. But no, I, I, I think you should. But no, I really am so excited to hear how well your publishing, you know, house is going. Um, you know, if someone, well, first of all, uh, Lisa, how can someone get a hold of you if they want to check out your books or learn more about you personally? Oh, sure. Just um, hit us up at runningwildpress.com. On Twitter, we're at runwildbooks or Lisa D. Kastner. On um, YouTube, you can search on Running Wild Press and you should find our channel. And on Facebook, uh, we also have a page of Running Wild Press. And Instagram, we're running.wild.press. Okay. So if someone were to search wild, um, running wild press or running wild, run wild books, uh, they would find you in some way. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And then, so if someone wanted to take one nugget of wisdom from you uh, today, Lisa, what would you tell them if they're saying struggling with? their you know maybe their you know their appearance or how they feel about themselves because of that 
you know, beauty is so much, it's so relative and so much of it is more around, um, like just self-acceptance. And, you know, I think there is beauty in all scars, in all forms and, um, you know, focus on those who accept you and who love you and the rest of them, they can F off. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. And so finally, my last question, Lisa, and this is a question my audience always loves to learn the answer to, what is your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur. So, oh my gosh. And I looked him up too. Um, it's actually still exists today. It's a form of, um, hummingbird. And, uh, I just kind of love the fact that he's still around. So how does it, how does, uh, what makes it a dinosaur? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, all right. You just type in smallest dinosaur, and I think you you I think you uh, might be referring to the bee hummingbird. Yes, thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I I looked him up, and I was like, "Holy moly!" I had no idea that there were dinosaurs that are still roaming the planet. I just thought that was awesome. So that's, that, that's pretty good. I have not I have not had anyone answer bee hummingbird yet. So <laughs> you are the first. So. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank Um, you. I love your message. And if you want to reach out to Lisa, you can find her at runningwildpress.com. And I'll put other links to her in the information below. If you want to see what I'm at, what I'm doing, you can find me at linktr.ee forward slash Chris DT Gordon. You can check out the podcast, of course, as well as the YouTube channel, my speaking websites, my various social links. You can check out the store, the Chris DT Gordon's tag and pop shop. We can find among other things, my pass on perfection and go for greatness shirt. You can also find a tag one sheet. If you need a little reminder of how to get a little more gratitude into your life every day. And also please like, subscribe, share all those good things because we want Lisa's story and others' stories shared so they can inspire and motivate others to just be their best person. All right, folks, thanks a lot for your time. Please have a great day and remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness.